0: Welcome to this week's episode of Pour Another Round, where we're here to discover and share the stories behind the breweries filling up your glass. Today, we've got Phil from Hop House Brewing Company in Verona and Fitchburg, Wisconsin, and that is just outside of Madison, Wisconsin.
1: Phil and his wife, Sarah, own Hop House Brewing Company. His email signature and business card lists his title and responsibilities as
0: I just make the beer. We should get business cards that say we just drink the beer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of an action speak louder than words kind of guy, so I'll just drink all the beer, but I probably don't need that on my business card. That's,
0: that's fair, but it makes it more official that way. But speaking of drinking a lot of beer, you've you've done that at a hop house before, haven't you? <laughs> I definitely have. The, I've, I have not been to the hop
1: house in Verona, but I have been to the hop house in Fitchburg and have enjoyed many of their beers. Well, one time your um, wife
0: went to pick you up and she went to the Verona <laughs> one because you did not tell her you were at the Fitchburg one.
1: That's true. I was a little bit in the doghouse that <laughs> night. Uh, she did eventually make it to the Fitchburg location and... Uh, And picked me up so that I did not have to drive home because I was not able to drive home. So it, I have enjoyed my evenings at at the Fitchburg location. And as we talk about in the episode, they have fire pits outside, which that's how we enjoyed our night that night. So just sitting around the fire.
0: Well, this was my first time having Hop House Brewing beers. And I need to come out ahead of this and sort of explain myself, maybe apologize to Phil. (laughs) But I really do know my colors. But for some reason, I really just... (laughs) Butchered the color purple in this episode, and I I don't even know why.
1: Yeah, nothing like offending our guest by describing his product wrong. You can find the beers that we drank with Phil and other Hop House Brewing beers in the southern part of Wisconsin. So
0: grab yourself a hoppy brew and enjoy our conversation with Phil from Hop House Brewing Company in Fitchburg and Verona, Wisconsin.
1: Cheers to our sponsors. Have you ever wanted to own a piece of your favorite brewery? Well, now you can. Mobcraft Beer, a crowdsourced brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is selling shares with buy-in starting at just $250. They've got ambitious expansion plans over the next few years, and an opportunity to become a shareholder in this is open now. Just check out mobcraftbeer.com backslash invest to learn about investing and how you can grow a return on that investment. Check it out now. <laughs>
0: Cameron and
1: I'm Jonathan we We like like beer we're a podcast by beer lovers for beer lovers and with beer creators some of our best stories start with beer now it's time to make beer the story each hoppy pour has been on an often unexpected journey to become the brews you love
0: so pour another round and drink with us as we explore the stories behind your favorite beers and breweries and if you like beer like breweries like some bad jokes and great puns and like this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you can learn about all of our upcoming breweries we have on tap.
1: Today, we're here with Phil Hoxt from Hop House Brewing Company. Hop House has locations both in Verona, Wisconsin, just outside of Madison, as well as Fitchburg, Wisconsin, also just outside of Madison. And so we're looking forward to pouring some hoppy rounds with you and learning more about Hop House here
2: today, Phil. Cheers, cheers.
1: So, Phil, before we do get into the story of Hop House, let's get a proper intro of you. Hop House is owned and operated by you, right? And your wife, Sarah. And your email signature says, I just make the beer. So, what's your role at Hop House?
2: Yeah, I uh, I actually, unfortunately, don't even get to make as much beer as I want to. Um, <laughs> but the okay. whole, yeah, so the that on the business card, the whole story behind that is my wife was like, well, I want on my business card, I want you to put president. I'm like, that's fine. We can put president. And and then she never asked what I had on mine. And so they came. And she, I'm like, Here, here's my card. And it says, I just made the beer. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And then people start, you know, whenever we're in the tap room or somebody's asking questions, like, well, how do I get in touch with, you know, so-and-so? I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. I just make the beer. And so... Unfortunately, it, most of the questions default to her, the president. So
0: that's that's a good way. That's a good way to avoid all responsibility and complaints of like I don't know. It's above my pay grade. I just make the beer, <laughs>
2: right? Well, <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, unfortunately, I mean. I do. I, I still get to brew a lot of our test batches over in Verona, so I, I do really enjoy doing that. But no, we've got. I always like to. Say, we've got professionals here now that are brewing the beer on the big. Well, system. and you, you trace your <laughs> beer
0: roots back to Denver, Colorado, before opening up the brewery here in Wisconsin. So, what were you up to in, that, in Denver that really sparked that beer epiphany, if you will?
2: It's funny. So my wife and I met at UW, and then we moved out to Denver for a couple of years. And in the neighborhood we moved into, all the families kind of our same age. They would, you know get together, on, especially Fridays uh, after work, and just hang out, have beers. And these all the neighbors are bringing, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm homebrewing. I'm like, I've never done that. Like, what is that all about? And so they'd always, they bring all these beers, some of which were good, some of which were not so good. But yeah, I kind of got into it, started reading about it, and just brewing in the backyard, uh, in the old turkey fryer, and really got into the, the science of it. And that's that's kind of where it all started, is brewing brewing little, you know, five-gallon batches So of how, did, how did you turn that backyard. that
0: backyard small passion into a full-on career i know you just mentioned before we got rolling here that you're you're also a licensed physical therapist so how do you go from the medical field to deciding that let's just move back to wisconsin and open up a brewery
2: right yeah so the we were out there for a couple of years and when we moved back when our oldest son was born you know we wanted to, wanted to raise our kids around family back be back in wisconsin we thought let's you know let's open up a little brew pub gave ourselves kind of a five-year plan so when we moved back here i built a I built a bigger brewery like a you know actual, i shouldn't say bigger it was like a 10 gallon set up in the basement to do test batches so i was brewing there in the weekends i was working as a physical therapist during the week my kids would help like pitch the yeast and all that stuff and in the, these small little uh you hmm. know uh carboys and stuff and yeah i we kind of kicked around the idea and then that five-year plan got sped up real quick because i was on a run one day with my my kid is in the stroller and there was a sign that was you know we're, that the the, the business where we're currently located in Verona was going out of business, and they were moving, so that you know was up for lease. Great spot, right on Main Street. And one thing led to another, and we opened up in 2015.
0: Wow! So you moved back to Wisconsin, like where the the five year plan, like the whole plan was to eventually open up a brewery.
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah, the whole like you know, I guess we wanted to do like a small, you know, small little brew pub. But yeah, we wanted to give ourselves kind of some more time to whether you know whether I was going to go work commercially or do some volunteer stuff at a different brewery. That never ended up happening. So we kind of, you know, had this opportunity to, to lease the space and uh we just kind of went for it. So instead of five years, it turned out to be like two years after we moved back that we opened up hop House. And it was actually kind of funny. So when we the day that we went to start demoing the existing building or the existing interior, we actually went and had our second kid. So they were like literally showing up and we're like, hey, we've got a C section scheduled at one <laughs> demo these walls. Bye. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. So yeah, Wait a minute.
0: So, a busy so busy. it was scheduled to be that day. That wasn't yeah. like,
2: oh, she's going into labor.
0: That was like, hey, we're going to do this thing, but let's go to the brewery first.
2: Yeah. yeah. We were like 8, 8 a.m. We met <laughs> the guys and we we're like writing with like, you know, we got spray paint, We're like demo this, demo that, keep this wall, let's do this. I'll see you guys. We're, we're out of here. We have an appointment at one. <laughs> so uh,
0: I, I, have a, I have a five-year-old at home and the night before, like 12 hours before we found out we were having a baby, we bought a puppy. Hmm. and then we found out we were pregnant 12 hours later so I can't imagine you know that was a lot of work so I can't imagine you know leasing a building
2: and re- re-renovating it and opening up a brewery all right yeah away. <laughs> yeah it was I mean there's never a great time but we uh we really really packed it all in it. there I was still yeah and I was working you know I was working like 35 hours a week so I would work during the week and nights I was working on our business plan or going down there like my dad and I did a lot of the the finished work the trim you know we had neighbors helping out with painting and all that stuff so yeah, it was a little crazy,
1: and that's still a location that you're in today, right? That you were you were demoing in 2015 or and opening
2: in 2015. Yep, exactly. So that, yeah, that's still open. I call it the Innovation Station. So that's I like to go over there. I was just brewing over there on on Friday, and I'm brewing again tomorrow over there. So yeah, little tap room, and that's the Verona location. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's a little tap room. Um, we do like some, you know, some fried food there, not a big kitchen, but yeah, that's still got the original little three barrel brew house that I like to go have fun at.
1: That's where you go and do all the experimentation and and innovation. Exactly. So very cool. Then how did you, you know, we've mentioned it, so let's talk about it. The, you've got a Fitchburg location now too. So how did you decide Fitchburg was going to be your next location to open, open up another spot?
2: It was a long kind of winding process. So we, you know, open in 2015 by 2016, we were kind of running out of space over in Verona. So we had added a couple more fermenters. Okay. We're kind of kicking around the idea of like, do we, you know, there was an, so we have two of the three office suites in that building. And it was like, well, do we lease the other one or build it out? And like, well, that doesn't really give us all that much room. There's still not a lot of parking. So we started looking at, you know, buying a different building, building somewhere else. In the meantime, we started working with Octopi. So they started contract brewing for us in 2017. So that's that's when we went into distribution at that point, but during that whole time since you know twenty sixteen, we've been we were looking for a spot, so a new spot. So we had everything from a new building, or, or we were going to buy land in Middleton, kind of near Costco, and then the big flood happened. So that was that was out, and we were like a week. <laughs> ago, yeah, I think we were going to close like a week or two later, and so that kind of took care of that plan.
3: Better a week before than a week after. Yeah. True. <laughs> so that that was lesson learned. We're like, we'll just get out of there. We had looked at buying another building in Verona and kind of rehabbing that. That just didn't end up working number wise. Trying to think it. I think there was like three or four different spots that we looked at, maybe more, until, you know, we finally the actual owner of the land that we're at here in Pittsburgh reached out to us and yeah, it was perfect just with you know, I, I grew up a mile away from here, you know, so I knew the area, I knew that they were building a ton of houses. That's kind of how it ended up coming about. Is that you know it was enough land in the right spot. Cause we still wanted to have you know not just a, a production brewery, but an actual fruit pub. So we needed to have a restaurant, an event space, more parking, but still not have it be in the middle of a like an industrial park where nobody can find it. So that's yeah, sure. kind of stumbled into this, and it was uh worked out really
0: well. And we, uh, we actually had Octopi Brewery on as uh, brewery number 42 on Pour Another Round, and we heard their whole story. So that's that's really cool to be able to partner up with a local contract brewery who specializes in that kind of stuff. So really, you know, helping you springboard your way into distribution and growth uh, in order to make your physical location grow. So that's, that's kind of a cool full circle story there from local to local.
3: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it worked out really well. We were Maybe the first, you know, in the first 10 breweries I that signed with them and worked with them for a while. And they're obviously, they've got a huge operation now, but it was good to kind of, yeah, it was going kind to of bridge that gap. And so we take back, take our own production back in house here. But yeah, it worked out pretty well.
1: And so you guys opened Hop House June 25th of 2015, after I'm sure many sleepless nights and all the demo and having a newborn at home, I guess, then. And uh, I have a four month old, Cameron has a five year old. So, we can only imagine what what uh, kinds of adventures and challenges you guys are going through. But you you opened in June of 2015 and had four beers on tap. Do you remember what those four original beers were?
3: There was so I know there was like cause they were kind of all like one off beers. We we had so I had recipes that I I wanted to do, but those first four were figuring out the system. And the last thing I wanted to do was to brew a beer that I knew what it tasted like at home when I made it and then mess it up and then you know so yeah. I think one. We did like a, so I know there was one that I think was a pale ale that we did with a bunch of, I'm trying to think what hop it was from New Zealand, but kind of a one-off pale ale. I believe there was like a quarter that we did something dark just to figure out the actual color that we could get out of that system and how much dark malt we needed. I I have to think, I should ask, I should know this.
0: It's a a history pop quiz that we just sprung on you.
3: I know, do you know the answer? I do not. Oh, I was hoping you could tell me. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a good question. I wonder, if there might have been an amber too. Okay. But yeah, I'm sure there was an IPA of some sort. You'll have to ask the president. I do. I just, I just, make yeah, it's, the
0: you just make the beer. You don't,
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> She's in charge of, of historical right. records. <laughs> well, so now that, now that we've, we've gotten to the point Hop House is open and you're serving beer, let's take a moment and mm-hmm. pour our first round of Hop House beer that's sitting in front of us here. And we've got both the, Hashtag hazy and the plaid panther. Any preference on what one we start with? Um, since my my
0: hazy's already open, we should probably go with that one.
1: Let's do that. Alright. Hashtag right. hazy.
0: So that this is good. made with mosaic citra and Simcoe hops, is that correct? You got it. So tell us tell us a little bit more about this beer and uh, how it came to be.
3: Yeah, so the and this has been kind of one of our maybe it is our top seller for the last three years, two and a half, three years. I mean, okay. you look back probably four years ago, three years ago, whenever hazy started being a big thing, you know, you kind of look at, at that point, I think people didn't, a lot of brewers didn't even know, like, what, so what is a hazy? Is it just a bunch of yeast in there? Is it, what are we actually trying to do? And I remember the first couple of times I had some of these. I don't remember whose hazy it was, and it, you know, we it, essentially I poured it and it was just a bunch of yeast in the bottom. I was like, that's gross. I don't want that. <laughs> you know, so I was really turned off by that. I was like, that can't be thing that we're doing like why why are we drinking this and so i like doing more research and figuring out like so it's you know totally different water chemistry that's you know a ton of oh it's a ton of wheat we want that protein to stay in solution but the whole you know everything you thought you knew about ipas is kind of thrown out the window with brewing a hazy and so we've, we've experimented and learned a ton about it and then we never we never brewed over at octopi we, we started i shouldn't say brewed it We've been brewing for a long time, we never packaged it over at and we started doing it here. We've got our own centrifuge, and so that was also another kind of learning curve is how to, you know, figure out we don't want to make it crystal clear, but we want to get enough of those yeast particles and hop particles everything out to give it a you know better shelf life, but still keep that
0: haze in there. So do most breweries use a centrifuge in making their hazes, or is that is that you being a science kind of guy that you're like, Yeah, let's let's do this.
3: Certainly, I would say we're probably one of the smallest brewers in the country that probably has a centrifuge. A lot of other places, I know I talked to some of the guys over in Milwaukee, they do not, they don't centrifuge their hazies. They, so really time and temperature. So they'll crash that fermenter out, let, you know, everything settle out. It takes longer to brew that way, but that's what they, they, they feel like it keeps that haze in there. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of different techniques. But yeah, I think for us, knowing that it's 60% of this is going to go out into the market, whether it's in cans or in kegs. I want to make sure that we keep that flavor in there, that profile and then give it some, a little bit of shelf life too, so that we know it tastes the same two months in versus when it just got paid.
1: So even with hazy's kind of having been a thing now for a while, the hashtag hazy
0: is still your top seller trending. If you will,
3: it is it, uh, every, I mean, every week, it, all the time it is, uh, it's funny. It's one of those things that like, gets not going away. I don't think it's, it's going away. And there's people that will come in and be like, well, I don't, I don't like IPAs Like, well, just try this because it's not what you think. It's not bitter. It's not dark or like eight. I think people think all IPAs have have nine percent. And they, you know, they'll try it. 9 percent like, oh, and 120 like, IBUs, right? And like, oh, you don't, there's no orange juice in that. Like, no, there's no orange juice in it. It just has a bunch of hops that are very citrusy. Like, oh, that's pretty good, you know,
0: six mm-hmm.
3: percent. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think there's a whole different crowd that you can kind of reach with this, where it's like, oh, there's a ton of flavor. It's like, you're not gonna get hammered, but it's just, it's, you know, it's interesting. It's not bitter.
1: It's a really good hazy and, and super refreshing with that citrusy flavor and
3: not and I mean look at that can how can I like that can right four pack with all <laughs> these colors and you look at that right right pops on the shelf
1: and the cans aren't all exactly the same either they've all got the that kind of color theme right. but they're you know one of my other cans has blue on top and the one I have in front of me has green so they're they're all even a little the bit color different
3: too. Team not appreciate that decision. They, <laughs> <laughs> so in theory, you're like, oh, it's easy. Like, you know, we get, we sleeve our own cans here, so. It comes in a big roll, they're, you know, repeat order. So you'll see them on their blue, orange, green thing, blue, orange, green thing. By the time it goes through the mm-hmm. canning line, the packout table, you might have like four orange in a row or four green or whatever. And so when they're packing them out in these cases, uh, once you get the hang of it, it's pretty easy to grab two and two and two. I and mean, we want one color each in a four pack <laughs> you know, we, you ask me working on the first time you're like oh my god what is happening like, oh right right we should probably <laughs> tell you about this and then yeah so that's the interesting we had one time when we ordered the sleeves and we didn't know that they were off like they had something changed in the computer on the end and so the new guy was like why are there so many blues and greens Like, I don't know like it's not that hard they're all the same but there's the same number he's like "Well, oh, there's way too many and so we looked and there's they had messed up the sequence so it went orange mm. orange pink blue green blue green oh they are twice as (laughs) many. so we at that point we we just we just had we packed whatever but yeah i was like i'm sorry i didn't mean to yell at you you're not losing your mind
2: (laughs) so yeah it's
3: things like that you think Who, who would have thought about that
0: well and while we're while we're on the topic of can art i think there's two different schools of thought between breweries one is every beer brand that we put out is going to relatively look the same just with some minor tweaks minor colors name change obviously and we have three different beers of yours in front of us and really the only similarity between the three different cans of different styles of beer is it says hop house brewing company on it so how did you make that decision to go to that camp where everything is just different and eye-catching in its own unique way
3: so yeah so we it's kind of funny so we recently did kind of a a brand kind of redesign right so like the I like to have things kind of matching, but not everything uniform, right? So, like, we have a bunch of our like if we're looking at the uh, like Flat Panther, right? So, mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of our twelve ounce cans now have like a two tone top and bottom with like an image. So, there's like a template for these guys. But then you look at our Hazy is like a totally different thing, and that's kind of our kind of our, you know it's our flagship beer. It's, it's got its own look, and that's just for that beer. And then we use like our um, like recreational chemistry kind of a rotational crazy experimental series and that the the designs are all the same exact repeating template but they're just different colors. So that yeah, we kind of sort of match but don't match and I like to keep it fun. Like something that you know like this thing on the shelf, you see it and you're like, yep, that that's a hazy like that you know what that is.
0: Right. It's it's definitely fun and eye catching and I, I like the bright, vibrant colors, but it's simple and just boom, hazy.
3: Yeah, less is more. That's what I think I told our designer. Like, that's what I'm thinking for this is like make it bold, but less is more. Like, let's just make keep it simple, you know, keep it
0: clean. Yeah. Nailed it. Tell us how you landed on the name Hop House. You were talking about, you know, coming up with a business plan while you're you're working in the physical therapy realm and a couple of years of, of planning and demoing and whatnot, and you had a five year plan, turned into two years. So how did you eventually land on the name Hop House Brewing Company and, and were there any others that you, you fought toward the top, but you ultimately decided on this one?
3: There, Yeah, there was a couple that kind of made the list. Um, and it's funny how like, you forget about them. But yeah, this... It was, you know, we... My wife and I love love hoppy beers. We love... You know, we used to grow some hops in the yard. So I knew I tried to... I wanted to incorporate that somehow. And then since I am... So I'm German. I'm still a German citizen. I've got dual citizenship. So I was... Okay. I only I only was... You know, stayed there until I was three. You know, still speak German. Like, you know, my mom calls us. Like, she's speaking German. I'm speaking English. So, like, I still understand it so very german so that's what that's where the house H A U S asking folks came from so kind of a nod to my german ancestry and you know like when we were thinking about what we wanted to do especially in the tap room like we wanted that german kind of european feel or the like beer garden just hop your gears
0: well I, I have a very important follow-up question right now who do you, where's your loyalties at for the olympics since we're in that and then we got the world cup coming up so where are your loyalties at with that
3: i mean Germans apparently tend to dominate uh, all sledding sports. So, like, uh, apparently, are very good at at losing and uh, bobsled and whatnot. I did not know that till this weekend. But no, the uh, soccer. I mean, it's Germany. Let's be honest here. I think
0: I think I think U S is ready. Uh, they're ready to make the push. You got we got Pulisic at the helm. I'm 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 confident this year.
3: I've heard that many times. This is the year. Yeah. Though, huh?
0: It is. This is the year. Mm. <laughs> anyway, we digress, go ahead well, Jonathan yeah. take us let's, back on yeah, track I was gonna say,
1: let's uh we're gonna move on from that before there's any uh shots fired so phil you've got you've got the two locations in Verona and in Fitchburg. How are things looking as far as your capacity at those locations now? Are you starting to are you starting to outgrow what you have now or are you still feeling pretty comfortable or um, tell us about the
3: yeah uh brewery wise we are we're doing pretty good, you know, so we still okay. have like we're still because we're not strictly production. There's still, you know, the seasonality. So sure. from April until October, it's totally nuts. You I know, mean, we've got the patio. We've got a rooftop up here. You know, our capacity as far as guests is, is big. And then in the winter, obviously, it slows down a little bit. We shut down that patio. Everything starts out drinking in January and then they come back in February. <laughs> but, you know, so, so there's still that seasonality of that. But now, we, do, we just picked up a new distribution partner as well. So we're cranking out a ton of beer to get that out of the market as well. So we're, yeah, I think there's always something going on. We're staying busy. Right now, the hardest part I mean, for us running a full restaurant is just the staffing, just everything else.
0: Sure. So you mentioned that your uh, tap room has a little bit of a German feel to it. Is that also what your menu, your food menu looks like? Is there some German inspiration there?
3: There's a couple of things. We've got a nice, like, a schnitzel sandwich, so like a huge breaded one, real nice. I mean, big. Yeah, yeah. Put some great mustard on there, and like apple, you know, with some kraut. So yeah, there's there's not too many German things on there, but try to keep it in. there. And then I do, you know, the, the last I think the last year we've done more lagers than we ever have. And so there's a couple like nice, crisp, clean German lagers in there as well, which are always kind of fun. If you have the room over in the tanks, then try to at least keep that yeast around.
0: And and how did you you know go from homebrewing in your backyard to thinking you want to open up a brewery to actually opening up a brewery how did you decide to make that jump even farther and open up a restaurant within a brewery as well like where does the food passion come from
3: right so that you know when we first opened Verona, we're like we don't you know we like do not want to do food i think initially we had no food we were just like you can bring in food you can order from across the street like order pizza whatever well i get it you know, it feels weird to like call a pizza delivery guy to like, deliver pizza to Hop House. <laughs> you know, and it's Wisconsin, unfortunately. You know, we came, like I so said, we lived in Colorado for enough years where you forget that how we put this nice in Wisconsin. People like to have some food, you know, and
1: <laughs> that was a nice way we like to, say to drink a lot of beer and we like to eat yes, a lot of food. <laughs>
3: fried, we have all the food groups. We've got the fried cheese groups, the fries, the chicken <laughs> tender. Uh, so we, we, put in, we put in a fryer over in Verona. So we, you know, we'd look back at sales and you'd see between like seven or six, about six and 8 there they'd be a little dip and people would come back. So they're going to eat somewhere. They're like, well, let's at least get some food. And we just did, like I said, fries. Anything fried, could, you know, big old pretzels, stuff like that, stuff that's easy for our bartenders to, to make. And then, you know, we realize I mean, you, you have to have food if you want people to stay. And at that point, they, we're building a building and it's big enough to do events, rooftop, that kind of thing that we're putting in an actual kitchen. So nobody ever wants to have a restaurant. But I think you realize that if you're going to get people to stay, we've got a full liquor license, we do wines, we do everything. That's just a component we have to do. And if we're going to do, you know, if we're going to do good beer and we're very serious about beer, then we'd rather be just as serious about the food. So, I, you know, we don't ever want to be a place that says, oh, like, the beer's really good, the food's kind of eh. Or the other way, we're like, the food's great and their beer is just mediocre, right? So we want to mm-hmm. make sure we've got those on the same level.
1: So do you embody the German Oktoberfest and serve your pretzels like around people's necks?
3: The, but they are, so I mean, some of these pretzels, they're like, I call them like steering wheels. They're enormous, right? (laughs) Um, But yeah, we have, I mean, and it's funny speaking of Oktoberfest. So that's one, uh, you know, seasonal beer that we do. And every year we have to make more. And we always run out. The first year, like here, we opened here in September of 2020. I was still brewing most of those batches of Oktoberfest in Verona. And we ran we ran out before September. Like, that's not okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was a, a miscalculation. And last year we I think we tripled the volume. So we grew it here in Pittsburgh. In I think we did sixty barrels of it, but we still ran out like mid October. So we're we're trying to dial that in. But, you know, if you guys know, obviously like it takes a month for a batch, so you can't exactly just real quick turn in another an hour if you're running low. So we're trying to try to dial that in but also not sit on Octoberfest until
0: January. <laughs> right, right. A good problem to have that people will want your beer, yeah. but also walking that fine line of, you know, it's, it's very seasonal beer, obviously, so how do you make right. just the perfect amount?
3: Right, and it's and it's weird where distributors will tell you that like, we want it in our warehouse August 1st, like, August. Like, it is, it's ninety 95 degrees like we're still on the like, Yeah, you want
0: over, me brewing yeah. my Oktoberfest in July over here?
3: <laughs> we're not yeah, thinking so about Oktoberfest. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we start brewing Oktoberfest like the end of June, end of July. Um, and we'll this is, out this out is a distro. huge pet
0: peeve of mine. So yep. we can we can dive back into this. It should be brewed only for October, not August, not September. Let's just drink it for thirty days, thirty one. Right. I don't know how many days are in October. Whatever the amount <laughs> allotted in the month of October is, when we should drink Oktoberfest.
3: It is. It's weird. And then yeah, by the time October rolls around, sometimes either people you know they're like, oh, yeah, I haven't it's had gone it gone already. It's going uh, to be gone soon. You know, like we ran out of cans. Right. Um, before we had you know before we ran out of the draft, but we're we're gonna we're gonna work on it. But we, I think that can is pretty cool actually. Uh, i have this can up here once you can see my german hat up here maybe you can I know, it's picture, but <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, oh it's out of the Rachel's picture but yeah the uh it's out of the Yeah, has got yeah oh, like nice. the white checker yeah and we got the hat in there so yeah oh nice that's a uh yeah that's a that's a fun love one and i think it's one of those seasonals that you know people just really no matter what doesn't matter if you love hoppy beers or you normally drink stouts like people just and I don't know if it's a seasonal thing if they just like fall's coming or whatever, but they drink a lot of Oktoberfest.
1: Have you been to the Oktoberfest in Germany?
3: I have not been to Oktoberfest, and I think as a as a true German, people are like, oh, it's too commercialized. You shouldn't go. It's not what you know cause if you are talking like down to Bavaria, like you are like that's not touristy, that's not yeah. too touristy, but and it's funny. So I, I mean, Oktoberfest is fine, but like a nice like half of and is great, but then it's it's funny how they're like, oh, it's that's only down in Bavaria, as if like you know, if you were in Wisconsin, like oh, that's that's only <laughs> in like, like we don't
2: drink, we don't drink it up here in central Wisconsin. Fascinating. Like, so it's the weirdest thing. where, like they'll like they'll shame you, you're like oh no, we only do Pilsner up here. About 50, like, two hours
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely some uh, territorial pride in in what kind of beers and styles in right? in Germany. Yeah, that's fun. What was the learning curve like talking about, you know, the, the distribution and the quantity of, of Oktoberfest and whatnot? How did you figure out and was it a hard learning curve going from, you know, brewing five gallons in your backyard to all of a sudden now you're brewing beer for other people and you're responsible for distribution and, and getting people and distributors the beer where they need to get and then making sure you have enough beer in your tap room? Like how did you figure out I need to brew this much beer at this time in order to succeed and give people the beer that they want when and where they want it?
3: Right. And it was it was hard. So I mean going from like five you know going from five gallons at a time to even like three barrels at first I was like, Oh, that's crazy. But you you, know, you step back and you look and you're like the equipment, the process looks pretty much identical. It's just more volume, right? And so I could brew five gallons in six hours, or I could brew fifteen barrels in six hours. You know, it just depends on scale wise, right? So I think the hardest part for us actually was so we went from our recipes we knew in Verona to Octopi, which was like mm-hmm. a fifty barrel batch. So way bigger. And then figuring out their system was a little different. So we had to adjust like hop quantities. So otherwise it would have been really bitter. So they were, they were really, they were super efficient. Would have been really bitter. You know, the grain stuff, that ratio scaled up easily. So the hops was hard to adjust. Kind of took like one or two batches to figure out. But then the hardest part for us was we were giving our distributor 50 barrels at a time. And then went from 50 back down to 15 here. So we're now I like that we can give, you know, it's, it's fresher. It's out there. It's more often. We're brewing like, almost every day here instead of brewing 50 barrels at a time and doing it every other week, or every third week. And then trying to get back into somebody else's brew schedule is also hard. So that's, that's what I like Is that here. We can do 15 barrels at a time. We've got a couple of 30 barrel fermenters. We've got some 45s that we're putting in some this year. So more often, um, but keeping it fresh.
1: You guys are definitely growing over there. Yeah. I th- and I think this kind of relates uh, to what you were just talking about to Phil in that the hop house mission statement Hop House is, I'm going to read you the mission statement, which you just read the beer, so maybe you don't know it. <laughs> I wrote it. <laughs> so, the Hop House mission statement is Hop House Brewing Company handcrafts exceptional, inspired, and unique beers by combining equal parts science and artistry, sparked by a belief that every community deserves a place to gather and come together as neighbors to enjoy a pint of beer and worthwhile conversation. So, talk about. Where that mission statement came from, and and you know how you really developed that to to show what Hop House is now today.
3: Sure. So I mean the, the you know the first part. I mean obviously I'm a, I'm a science guy. I did tons of courses in science, and I just love, I love that. You know, really at the end of the day, that's what it is. Making beer is kind of the science. Is is you know you're looking at water chemistry, at pH, at you know enzyme interaction, all that kind of stuff. But then it's also at some point, it's not just science, right? It you could gives me a recipe to brew this beer, and it might be different here versus somewhere else, right? So there's yeah. got to be something else to it, and that's kind of and that combination of science and art is that's what makes it fun, right? Is I so love going, you know, like I said, going to Verona and just brewing something new and just seeing what happens. Like you think you know or what's it's going to taste like, and it's just some fun, you know. So that, that's kind of where that first part comes from. So that we want to you know make sure that we've got. Our core beers are always on, but then we try to have something fun because there's no point in having the same stuff all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Experiment. Sometimes, sometimes it's not going to turn out like it's not going to be great. But I think using using your your knowledge of the scientific you know background of how we're doing it, and then getting creative so that's gonna that fun part. That's that first part, and then the second is just bringing you know bringing community together. So that's what in Verona it was awesome. You know, we had tons of community support. I loved like on a Friday. It was a couple years in, maybe two years in. I knew on a Friday, half the neighborhood would be there and the guys would be, they used to text each other and be like, oh, I'll meet you at us at four. And they stopped even doing that. They just knew we're just going to be there and I guarantee the whole neighborhood's going <laughs> to hang out. And the same thing has happened in, in Pittsburgh here now, too, is that people just they don't even have to ask anymore. They're just like, oh, yeah, I, I'll see you there. Like, I, they ended up hanging out with their friends, right? And that's kind of the whole idea.
1: Very cool. And I have not been to the Verona, your Verona location, but I have been to Fitchburg and something that I really like too. And and I don't know if you've had these like the entire time you've been open or if it's a new development, but the, the fire pits outside has, you know, just prolonged that community, especially going through a pandemic and through winters in Wisconsin and still being able to sit out, you know, what's better than sitting outside on on a patio with a beer and you can still do that with, with the fire pits you have there.
3: Yeah, it was kind of fun. So it was, you know, last January, we kind of were kicking around the ideas of like, how do we get people out again? It's winter; people so aren't comfortable we're going inside yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do we do? So, we held our, our first winter fest, and we just—I just rounded up fire pits from our neighbors. Like, who's got one? Like, I'll i it up in my truck, and we'll put it outside. And people are like, oh, this is cool. You should rent them. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, Let's look into that. And so, yeah, we just put it together on the website, and like, hey, if you want to book a fire pit, it's like twenty five bucks. You get two hours. We give you the wood. Give you a table, get, you got a server that comes out there. People have loved it. And so, yeah, it's one it's of those things where, like, I wouldn't have thought of it. And somebody just asked, like, oh, we should rent. It. Like, yeah, that seems like a good idea. Mm-hmm. so it's worked out pretty well for us. You got, like, a, an actual gas, like, a hard piped fire pit out there as well. Okay. Which is pretty cool. And so, yeah, it's worked out really well. And I think there's, I've had a lot of comments people that drive by on Summerlin Highway, like, oh, yeah, here's a place for all those fire pits. That's pretty cool. <laughs> the fire department has their own thoughts. On it, but, uh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> we're, we're working with them.
0: They see you, you're like, oh, you're the <laughs> yeah, guy,
3: aren't you? 25 feet is what I'm told. Twenty five feet from the building, so just tell them it. to come
1: over. We'll talk about it over some beers. <laughs> as long as you're we'll not try, on we'll duty, try. it's fine. <laughs> we're working
0: on it. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Pour another round. We'll be right back after we pay our beer tab. Who doesn't love a good beer special? With Real Craft Pass, you can get two-for-one beers at nearly 150 Wisconsin breweries. That's buy one beer and pour another round for free. This is Wisconsin's biggest BOGO brewery booklet. And guess what? What's that? Pour Another Round listeners
1: can get 10% off any Real Craft Pass booklet. Just use the code POURANOTHERROUND at realcraftpass.com. That's real with two E's like a fishing reel.
0: Not only is there over $800 in savings at Wisconsin Breweries, but Craft Passes are also available for other states like Michigan, Wyoming, Montana, and even New Hampshire. Just visit realcraftpass.com
1: and at checkout, use the promo code POURANOTHERROUND.
0: Well, I think it is time to pour another round here and we have now got your plaid panther which is the your sweet smooth and multi scotch ale uh, and that has that that dual colored uh kind of a i don't know camo green and brown camo green on top and brown on the bottom so oh, it's you know, obviously the panther it's is the brown purple purple my <laughs> my lighting is weird in my room apparently hmm. yeah look at that it is purple when i when i so yeah talk talk about this beer now that i butchered the colors
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, purple on the bottom um you know, it is so scotch ale um i think it's like a quick essential like wisconsin beer yeah. it's so funny because you go somewhere else other states you're like, oh there's scotch ale like i don't know what that is and every, like there's tons of breweries in wisconsin that have one because it's it's sweet it's boozy mm-hmm. right and that's i think you look at like old-fashioned and that's what that is right I mean, it's sweet and boozy you like those things it's, you know, it got some of that malt character to it. Uh, it smells great. It pours nice, like, dark dark brown. I was just
0: thinking yeah, that same so thing.
3: I brewed it, I, I think it was in fall of 2015, so a couple months after we opened. So my father-in-law was drinking it. He used to have a lot of you know, the Warp Speed Scotch Ale. And we got him into Old from Oscar Brewers. And I was like, well, I'll just brew this guy. Old right, Chubb for it. sure. So I was like, well, let me let me just brew Scotch Ale and we'll see and it's never been off tap ever since. It's like it's, it was one of the first beers we did at Octopi. And it's, it's always on tap year-round. And you can find those guys that it doesn't matter if it's 95 degrees out and it's July, they're like, oh, I'm going to go fishing and I'll have two of these beers and like, I'm good. And they just want a Scotch Ale year-round.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely a, a seasonal beer drinker. And you know I want those crisp, light uh, IPAs in the summer and I want a heavy beer in right. the in the winter. The Scotch Ale, though, like if there was – you know, you got your comfort foods and and what you want on a nice cozy cozy right. day in the winter. But I would put Scotch Ale as like my my comfort beer. It is just a warming, feel good winter beer.
3: And I always yeah, I always forget about it because I you know I'm a hoppy guy and then it's in the fridge and then you're like oh yeah like it's just good like it's not super dark or it's not like barrel age or it's crazy. But um, one of our brewers is funny. He's, he'll drink this all the time I'm like you know it's hot outside, well I got air conditioning. He's like I can turn it down at <laughs> <in> my house. <laughs> so I guess if you want to make you make you know make yourself cold a little bit in the summer, then you can uh, have a scotch ale whenever
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and so are you still the sole writer of your beer recipes or now that you've uh, as you said before, you've hired professionals, do do they kind of take over some of those those duties and responsibilities? I try as to, well?
3: I try to get those guys to, you know we get together like we were just talking about a new beer we're doing. I end up writing most of it it's, it is more fun, I think, to get, the more people get together, the different strategies, different recipes, kind of ideas you're going to have. And every, you know, these guys have worked, whether it's working different places or, or homebrewing, whatever, have different ideas on like, oh, like, maybe we can try this. Like, sure. like, I'm, you know, after a while, for me, my answer is always like, let's let's do this hop. Like, okay, no, 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 let's figure out something else. So, yeah, I, I, I try not to be the only one writing recipes. Really. It's just more, it's more fun to have more cooks in the kitchen.
1: And how about the beer names? Is that, is that kind of a collaborative effort, too? Or is that a lot of that coming out of your brain?
3: Oh, yeah, that's most, I have a list, a running list on my phone um, <laughs> of just random, so a lot of it is like, you know, I'll be listening to music when we're canning or something like that, sure. and like some lyric will catch my and like, go write that down quick, or just dumb, dumb shit that you think of, you know, like, that's, or like, you know, you have a list one day after you've had many beers, the next day, you're like, those are, <laughs> none of those, are those are good. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it sounded super funny at the time. So
0: where did, where did Plaid Panther come from?
3: Well, it was supposed to be called Sex Panther, but that was taken.
0: Oh, there it is. Right. And that's the one of those where you're
3: like, hmm. 60% of the time it works every time.
0: <laughs> it smells like gasoline in here. <laughs> right. And,
3: smells like Bigfoot dick. And so, right. So like, I was like, well, I <laughs> can't use that. So yeah, I'm trying to think of, I don't remember how it actually, so the purple is just like, so my father-in-law's favorite color is purple. That's where the purple came from.
0: Oh, and I didn't even get the right color no, for your father' no. favorite yeah, color. Yeah, oh. um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah.
2: I have to think
3: back. i like, it's so funny. Like, why? I don't know why where where the actual name came from, but like, I like the two. You know, like the double name, like two words. I think just flows on there. But yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I have to think back and ask my wife like, she remembers. It was so long ago that I just that's Black Panther, and it's it's even worse when. So we are, our running joke is we call it play panther because guys will, guys will show up like wearing a hat like this or a plaid shirt and they'll order a plaid panther. Like, oh, um, man. That word is plaid. Like you're
2: wearing a plaid <laughs> oh, shirt, bro. You guys no. are so close. So close. <laughs> right.
3: What is your shirt called? It's painful. <laughs> right? But like, how do you think you spell plaid? You know, so, yeah, it's always painful when that happens. <laughs>
0: Well, that's that's a fun opportunity to give people a phonetic a phonics lesson or a spelling lesson, <laughs> oh, right? <laughs> a teachable moment, as one of my college professors used to say. Right. A teachable moment. You were talking about the the first four beers that you opened with way back when were one off beers. Do you have a, a good balance of one off beers now and sort of your staples uh, and like really sticking with some of the that fun homebrew roots where you're just always experimenting and how do you how do you balance the two between Let's let's have some fun. Let's get crazy, but then let's also stick with some of our core beers.
3: Right. So we've got twenty draft lines here in Pittsburgh, and I think that any time you probably there's five or six of our core beers that are always on year round, no matter what. Then there's I'd say like seasonal. You know, there's probably two or three during. We kind of break it in like quarters. So you know, winter beers right now are kind of on their way out. Spring beers are coming in, and then there's a mix of maybe three or four at a time or maybe up to five that are just like random one-off fun beers that we might've done before, or we just want something new. And, and and some of it depends too on what we have, you know, room for in the tanks that like we've got a beer on. I think tomorrow that we're brewing here, that it's just a new hop. We're going to try out pretty simple grain bill, just something new and fun. And we had some room in the production schedule. We got some yeast. We're like, let's do something fun and new. It sounds weird to, to me to be to like let's 15 barrels rip, you know, like, it's 30 half barrels that you're going to be sitting on. But I think we've we got it dialed in enough where like we can pretty confident we can make a good beer and not have to, you know, have dealt a bunch of stuff.
1: Are there, have there been any beers that you were really excited about brewing that just did not come to fruition or didn't, didn't turn out how you thought it was going to?
3: There have been a couple. The other, I think the other, you know, the other end of the spectrum is kind of fun when the first like three or four beers we're doing here on the new system I had recipes from Verona that was scaled out to buy and scaled back down. And we're brewing beer that we've done tons of times. And it was, like, way higher gravity. So it was going to be, like, 8.5% versus, like, the 7 we wanted to do. And I was like, well, we're not dumping it. So I bought some Galaxy hops and, I'm like, let's just bring a bunch Galaxy some Mosaic. And it was, like, it was a phenomenal double IPA, And that was, like, a new one. It was, like, sweet. And we've done that one. It's kind of been, <laughs> like, end of springtime as we always put that on now. So... It was just kind of a fun a fun mistake where like, hell yeah, like let's you know yes, it's gonna cost us a lot of money to buy a bunch of galaxy, but it turned out awesome. And that was just a fun a fun mistake.
0: As the late great Bob Ross used to say, There are no mistakes, just happy accidents.
3: Exactly. So that was that's fun. other stuff there's been a few times when like I'll brew beer, especially in Verona, and I might saw I might not have whether it's one brand of use to the other, and sometimes and I know better. And like I'll I'll use a different brand yeast if we have it, and it just doesn't turn out right. I'm like, eh. and we either most of the time I I shouldn't say it happens a lot, but if it does, I'm always like, I just dump it. I don't want to put it out there and tell you something like, oh, we try to do a new like, just, don't <laughs> just dump it,
0: right quality over
3: yeah we like meant to make it sour like <laughs> <and> that's like, <laughs>
2: yeah
0: no that's just it tasted it tasted weird and you just called it a yeah, sour and then, yeah and then we
2: kept dumping more shit into it, it
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah luckily we don't it happen a lot but when it does i'll be honest with you, like i'll i'll tell people like oh i'm brewing this you know this and this beer like it sounds great like, if you never hear about it again like you'll know something, something went out. wrong yeah that's all right
1: <laughs> So where can people get hop house beer? Are you only out of the tap rooms in Verona and Fitchburg or where, what's your distribution look like?
3: The best ambiance obviously is at one of the two hop house locations, <laughs> but we signed with a new distributor. So we've, we've been in distribution since 2017. Okay, um, So we go kind of, I say the Southern part of the state. So all the way up to the Dells, kind of, you know, Milwaukee all the way to Iowa and then Illinois border South. So that's kind of our distribution footprint. The last two months have been switching around some things as we got rid of an old distributor, signed with a new one. But if you're talking cans, package stuff, you know, Woodman, Steve's, Total Wine, all those types of places, wherever fine craft beer is sold. And now that Dane County is kind of coming back out of the COVID hibernation, um, hoping that we can do a lot more draft. So those places yep. open up, do some more draft. We were lucky last year, we had, I think the last two months of the uh, brewer season, we had cans of Hazy at Miller Park. I still call it Miller Park. <laughs>
1: I think we, I think most of us will for probably forever. Ever,
3: right? <laughs>
0: oh, you're talking about a AmFam Field. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I was catching up there.
3: <laughs> so yeah, so you know, we we're I think folks focusing trying to really get come down local, especially Hazy's. Like I said, it's our flagship. Trying to reintroduce that to Madison. So look forward to having those on a lot of golf courses. We're getting putting a lot of work into the off season to get in some courses. So yeah, should be a good time.
0: And you had partnered with octopi as that that contract brewer so not you know a traditional sense of the word as a collab a collab beer but sort of but do you have you like working with another brewery to brew your beer worked for you guys but do you also collaborate with other breweries and have some fun in that community
3: yeah, so we've done we've done a couple things we did a beer with working draft last year like in december i think mean, it was you know the hard part i think for and it's probably the same thing for other folks out there is Trying to make sure that one, you have enough time, you have enough room, and then it makes sense for, for both parties, right? So it's always fun. Right. And it's funny, there's an article like years ago in one of the brewing magazines. It was like, how to make a successful collaboration. When you read it, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Because like sometimes it's like, oh, who's going to brew it? And then everybody shows up and they don't do shit, you know? And you're like, well, <laughs> right, so I just right. brewed it and you did literally nothing. <laughs> like you bought lunch and then left. Oh, no. So we've had some of those instances too, and you're like, oh, okay, like I guess you just needed some extra beer.
0: Yeah, right, lesson learned.
3: Right. And so that's fine. And I think you can kinda of feel those things out when some people approach you with ideas. If it's just like, hey, I, I need this I need you to make me a beer and we can call it a collaboration versus a true like, hey, this is fun, you know, like I've had it where I we're at a beer festival and you're legitimately connecting with somebody, like, let's do a beer and like you're on board and, and it's it's awesome. So yeah, it just kinda of depends on what the what the driving force is actually. Yeah, for sure.
1: One of your other beers that you have at Hop House that I actually I picked up some while I was there a few weeks ago and I just wanted to mention or talk about is your deer camp. Yeah, yeah. So obviously Wisconsin, a lot of hunters around. Is is that was that kind of the driving force behind Deer Camp? Is like let's make a beer for, for hunting weekend.
3: Yeah. So we uh, we've been working so with uh, i 39 supply is like a trailer. Coming that sells trailers and closed trailers, all that kind of stuff throughout the portage. And so we've been working with those guys for a couple of years and they host a big deer camp breakfast. Okay. So that Friday, that Friday morning before uh, gun season opens and they've been doing it. They do it with like JJO radio and we've been doing it for a couple of years. And so the last, I think they skipped last or two years. It's been, yeah, it was gone for two years. And so we came back and we we're like, Hey, we've been talking about this for a while. Now we finally have our own production facility, a canning line. Let's come out, like you know, let's do something fun. Easy, crisp, light drinking beer, but make it a fun looking can. And yeah, it was, it was, we sold a ton of it that day and it's just kind of cool to see it out there. Bushlight does it, they bring those out in like August. So it's out there for a long time. Yeah. But we literally sold it for like a week or
0: two out of the tap room and then kept it around for a little bit, but it was fun. And that fun can that he's talking about is uh, it's that dual top and bottom again. And I'm going to get the colors right this time because <laughs> yeah. I, I can see these colors. <laughs> okay. The top one is is camouflage and then the bottom is uh, blaze orange, there it is. which I think is very clever. Yeah. And then there's that tagline that says, uh, light beer for hunting deer. And you just can't get any more straightforward than that.
3: Right. And I was hoping that. Uh, I think there's a few other breweries that may use the word beer camp, but I think Bells has that name. But I haven't been contacted by that yet. so <laughs>
0: Pour another round isn't—I don't think—big enough for uh, bells to be listening to, so I think your secret's safe with <laughs> I us hope, right now.
3: I'm, I'm hoping that I want to frame it at some point. My first season assessment.
0: Oh, so you're encouraging We can we can about them. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, a sense of pride. A sense of pride. I like that. <laughs> and are you uh, are you a d- deer hunter yourself? I am not. Just go to the go to the deer camps for the beer.
3: Oh yeah. Even then, I you know show up on Friday, and then you're like, I'm gonna be inside probably. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know. Yeah, Sometimes hunting weekends right? like eighty degrees, but other time, other years it's like negative thirty. Okay. Or you can watch a show. You can watch one of the Alaska shows. cool, but like it's dirty. Yeah.
1: My wife hunts, so she can go and get us the venison that I like to eat, but I don't have go. to actually do the work. That's a plan. <laughs>
0: Well, Phil. Uh, before we go, we have one final question that we ask everyone who hangs out with us on Pour Another Round. So, if you're not drinking Hop House beer, how do you? What do you? What do you find yourself drinking to just enjoy yourself and and really step away from work? Whether that's beer, booze, non alcoholic, whatever. Bourbon's always
3: good. That's always a go to. Love it. I think it's ants, What's your, the What's your go to bourbon? Uh, I am unofficially sponsored by Bullet. They don't know that yet. <laughs> we'll also send this episode. <laughs> so, so we got Bullet.
0: bullet. <laughs> we got we got we got Bullet yeah. and Bells to contact.
3: Oh yes, yeah. so you can send them rye or the original, whatever. I'll take you know ten year. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's uh,
0: right. I uh, I'm a big 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 Bullet rye Manhattan fan with green olives. So I'm on the Bullet train as well.
3: Right. It's a mixer. You can go rocks. You know whatever you need.
0: How do you take your bourbon?
3: What well, depends. You know it depends. I, either. Do like a little tucking mule is always good. Mm-hmm. You got limes. Limes is always the problem. Or just just rocks. Just one sweet. We got those like a I call it the Rubik's cube. Oh like yeah, big old ice cube. Yeah, yeah. That's all you need. Then you, you don't have to get off the couch for a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's when we, that's normally when you think of all those creative beer names. And you like, not, not so good.
1: And that that's when some of them come <laughs> off the list the next morning. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phil, we really appreciate you chatting with us today on Pour Another Round. For all of our listeners, be sure to head to Verona or Fitchburg to the tap houses there and uh, and get some Hop House beer. Or it can be found, you said, like the southern half of Wisconsin, essentially, right? Or the, the southern third of yeah, Wisconsin yeah. Hop House beer is, is available in distribution. But if you are visiting, the, visiting one of the tap rooms or run into Phil or tell your, your beer tender that you heard heard about hop house on pour another round and when you're there be sure to pour another round for us thanks phil appreciate it cheers, phil. cheers cheers
0: thanks for listening to this episode of pour another round be sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms facebook instagram or twitter at pour another round we'll be sharing news and information from breweries who are friends of the show we can also find out what we're drinking and hear about upcoming featured breweries as well Until next time, be sure to pour yourself
3: another round.